From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Everybody loves the Defiance. Everybody loves Dickie Barrett. Well, maybe not everybody, but I certainly do, and lots of others do. They're they're blowing up, and I, uh, and uh, yeah, me and Brad Skistimus and Dickie Barrett are are uh, always texting. We're we're kind of bros, and about I don't know how long ago, maybe six months. Time is weird now; it goes faster. Have you noticed that? But maybe six months ago or so we get this text in our group text bro chat and it was like you gotta check out this guy Uh uh-oh there's a there's a new sheriff in town his name is brian mcpherson and dickie sent us a song and we were like and then i think connected us with brian and we were all like wow dude this is amazing and uh then brian actually came on this program before we were streaming live on youtube and rumble that is so this is a whole brand new event right now but uh he came on the show and played some songs and it absolutely blew my mind i've been a big fan ever since in 2021 brian mcpherson had enough and walked away from everything lockdowns mandates failed relationships and record deals were left in the rear view mirror uh of the remnants of los angeles the boston turned california singer songwriter fled to montana uh, against the backdrop of snow-capped mountains and herds of wild elk did he hunt elk i wonder joe rogan style he spent the winter of 2022 penning his uh, appropriately titled new album immigrant in the winter of death that's that's kind of a tough sell that title there brian but Awesome. And thanks for coming on, man. You got to explain <laughs> how you intend to go to the top of the charts with that album title, but we're happy to have you, Brian McPherson. Welcome to the show. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it kind of yeah. might explain why I'm self-releasing this album. So there you go. A lot of interested yeah. parties in the winter of death, shockingly. Well, it's it's a literary title. You You went with the literary <laughs> angle. Explain the title. Uh, the title comes from uh, one of our wonderful president joe biden's numerous threats against the unvaccinated oh, yeah. uh where he was proclaiming that it would be a winter of death and illness for the unvaccinated among other okay. things so it just coincided with me living and moving to montana to a town of like a hundred people where the temperatures go to like minus 30 degrees some winters surrounded by white snow and wild animals seemed to kind of all make sense there i moved to it i was living in a town called emigrant so it just kind of i felt like an emigrant and i landed an emigrant and it was the winter of death so it was uh autobiographical yeah it makes a lot of sense now that you say it it's it, it's actually a great title um i, I kind of am kidding but yeah it is uh, anytime <laughs> you have death when you put, yeah. put the word death you have to but like uh i think celine uh i don't know i can't remember titles off the top of my head but there's something death uh, death of a salesman so, i don't know oh yeah that one went well yeah that so, was a hit there we go yeah that there you go um well how have you been man is it is it winter there now still and and what's your mind state like these days days i remember when you first came on this program you've been on once before um you, you threw down amazingly uh song wise but 
I could sense, you know, the isolation still. And I'm wondering, I, I've been checking out this book called Tribe. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's been no. making me think a lot about the importance of tribes, how we evolve right. from tribes, which is why so many people have a hard time speaking out against things that aren't the agreed upon narrative, because it goes deep in our DNA that we don't want to be ostracized from the tribe. And a lot of us uh, endured that. You're one of them. Um, but what's life like for you now? I mean, has, has things opened up? You've put out some fantastic videos. You got this album is life changing or are you still relatively isolated thanks uh um i would say things have changed since the last time i came on because i hadn't released any of this music um and so it's kind of like a coming out sort of thing uh i put out like live for your die the video and i was expecting a lot of backlash for that and i certainly got it um it was you know you get the the vitriol and hate from a lot of people who proclaim to not be that way which is always ironic um so it was, it was it's been a very stressful few months because I, I had written this record in 2022 that winter i'd recorded it in 2023 and then i spent the summer like mixing mixing it adding some different stuff to it and uh getting ready to like put it out and every step along the way it's like stressful because the guy who's mixed my other records, is you going to hear it and be one of those people who spirals and is like, I hate you, you know? So you send it and you kind of wait, you know, and then he mixes it. And you're like, Oh my God, it's a miracle. Like he mixed it. He didn't say anything. Um, and then it's like, okay, now I need to get my mastering guy to master it. Is he one of those people who's going to spiral and hate me because I have my own point of view. So then you kind of go through that and every step of the way is kind of like this stressful thing. Am I going to get fired from my job? Because I work with a lot of people who are brainwashed and it's like, so you go in and you're there and then you come home and you're checking this. Uh, but I appreciate getting in on that, uh, text convo with you guys, your, your, your bro texts. I feel like I'm interfering sometimes like, Hey, new guy here. But, uh, I, I really, because you guys have all been through the ringer, like for real. And uh, my going through the ringer pales in comparison to the ringers you guys have been through um, and continue to kind of go through fighting the good fight. So, you know, the, being able to identify with people who are along the same lines and have been through some of the same stuff really helps a lot with that stuff. So, like, right now, I was able to actually crowdfund this record, fingers crossed. They, I got an email today that my money is on the way. I've been nervous about that the entire time. Uh <laughs> I've, uh, you know, gone into debt, sending it off to manufacturing, covering or covering everything ahead of time, you know, fairly confident I'd reach the goal and whatnot, but not fairly confident that these companies would actually give me the money. Um, so that's long. So I'm kind of in like a, I got the artwork off. I got the album out. I'm kind of like, what's next? So basically I'm just, I started looking at used Astro vans on the internet. So that might explain where my head's at. I kind of want to get back on the road doing some gigs. And my favorite vehicle of all time was a 95 Astro van all wheel drive. So I'm looking for a low mileage Astro van out there. If anyone knows of anything, feel free to hit me up. I'm definitely in the market. Um, but my headspace is pretty good. I mean, I feel more connected, you know, I, shockingly, some people I thought would hate me. Don't, um, people are kind of some people are pretty chill about things. Some people are just very quiet. You know, they just don't talk to me about certain things and that's fine. Cause I don't really want to engage them either. Um, 
but I'm in a pretty good headspace. I'm not as like freaked out as I was a few months ago about kind of moving forward with this stuff because, you know, I, although I wasn't susceptible to the brainwashing, I was traumatized by the just the craziness of the last few years. Just like these like roaming gangs of psychos who wanted to like kill me. You know, really what it felt like because I have a heart condition and. uh you know, I was the last thing I was going to do is stick something into my veins that affects my heart. And there was like five people I know who had heart problems right off the bat from that thing. So, you know, it kind of felt like I was getting chased around by these maniacs with needles. And now all of a sudden I'm just like, okay, like I've had to like acclimate to living in society again. And uh, so it's been like kind of like a settling down period, I'd say. Um, so looking forward to trying to get out there and doing some gigs again you know of course getting on the road with some of this material is like you know i you know showing up to a dive bar you know who knows where you just don't know who you're gonna you know piss off but let's kind of see what happens i feel like the narrative shifted so far towards people uh, understanding that whoever resisted this are on the firmly on the right side I, it's hard to say because you know obviously like you said we we've been through the ringer but the ringer is the ringer is the ringer you know you've been through the right. ringer and and we all went through it different times i mean i've been speaking out about this since maybe after one month into the pandemic so it's been years now and i've seen it shift so dramatically that it's mm. hard for me to imagine even having those fears to me i just take it for granted that everybody knows and if they don't know, they just kind of stay silent and pretend like they don't know, but deep down they know. So I'm surprised that in your worldview, it's still this sort of active war. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I very right. well might be wrong. I, and I've said it before that this is my post-traumatic stress disorder symptom that I sort of am overly optimistic about yeah. uh, the changing of the guard as it were. But uh, well, I think like, yeah. I should elaborate like in the beginning like especially when the mandates started going down with the nurses and whatnot uh mandates in that area i was very vocal about it on the internet and i was subsequently dogpiled and threatened and all that stuff that everyone gets and uh i kind of resigned myself to like well i'm just gonna go you know write. so i was got some very good advice like go write some songs about it i'm not really a conscious songwriter but i just kind of I was going through a heartbreak at the time. So I just, I had all this stuff like falling apart. And then I obviously came up to Montana and just was like, Bleh. so there it is. So, I mean, I had my like definite good times on the internet with people like telling me I'm a horrible person. Um, and then putting out the material was like, oh yes. Okay. So here's those people again, but they're, you know, it's definitely less than it was a couple of years ago. That's for sure. And, and hasn't there been a lot of positive feedback as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm not just trying to focus on the negative. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of positive feedback. I connected to a lot of new people and a lot of people who were, uh, you know, kind of felt the same way. You know, one guy wrote me and was like, oh, I, this song makes me cry every time I hear it because someone, you know, uh, is talking about what I went through and how I feel. So, I mean, that's kind of like the, when you get stuff like that, you're like, oh, awesome. That's what it's all about. And you, you spoke about going through a breakup too. I'm assuming you've had plenty of thoughts about, you know, go, enduring emotional turmoil, how, how that sort of, you know, is a pressurized situation and, and creates diamonds within the soul of an artist. It makes you 
have to reach in you have to get your dopamine somewhere i mean i wonder what your thoughts are on that and i also wonder now that you've written the sort of COVID album immigrant in the in the winter of death what else are you writing about are you writing about new things now are you are you going away from the subject of of world events uh, uh, recent world events because i don't think we can write about covid stuff forever right no yeah this is my this is my record of the last couple of years like when everything was going down i was i had a record that i was i had made with like a really great producer and label talks and all this and that and uh and then everything was just insane so i came to montana and I was like self-releasing that out of the place I was living. So, I mean, I had all this other stuff going on while I was like writing these songs. So like they kind of took a little bit of a backseat, but right now I'm not writing anything. And, you know, I haven't written much in the last six months, I'd say, because, and I don't really care. I don't really suffer from writer's block. I've written just, you know, thousands of songs over the years, but I mean, I've just had my plate occupied with this stuff getting this record out so once this kind of comes out i would imagine the creative outlets will start opening up but i have been had this wacky idea of uh writing a musical or a series which is wacky because i don't even like musicals but i've just been living in this very weird i i i am around a lot of characters and i'll just say that there's so much material there that i'm like oh my god like it's like a microcosm of like America. And if I could just, you know, I've played around a couple of songs about some of these folks and I'm like, I can kind of see, see this whole like musical thing happening. I have no idea how to do something like that, but that's kind of something I've been playing around with, but I haven't really been coughing up songs. Um, basically where I'm at right now as an artist, I end up doing so much myself, like the 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 album covers and editing them and shooting videos and editing those and and then performing and doing all this other stuff that um i'm not like just sitting around writing songs uh whenever i feel like it they kind of just happen when they happen and you know once this thing gets out i feel like those channels will be open again it is weird man i'm with you on that i've got so many songs piled up in, in hard drives i'm working on an album right now and uh i just went and recorded drums on it at my friend uh brady haas's studio and he saw that uh, yeah he's compiling the drum takes and he he just said i just got a text from him now like killer baseline on I'm grateful i didn't notice it and it's so great when you're actually working on something he sent me a couple and i said you know what dude because I, I have like 20 that we did over at his house uh just live drums on top of me programming drums and all this and i was like dude let's just get 10 and call that a record and then if that's volume one that's volume one because yeah. it's something about speed you know and i noticed because i've been making records since the mid 90s these long involved heavily produced mentored by peter gabriel style records and peter gabriel just released a new record after not releasing something for 15 years so his relationship with time is really strange and interesting and yet he's having all this kind of crazy success again uh as an older gent and and that's pretty interesting but i feel like these days with the world being so chaotic right that we need that focus like focusing our attention is becoming the sort of 
ultimate um, value, I would say, like the value of focus is, is really interesting these days. What do you think about that? The value of focus? Yeah, I mean, if you can keep someone's attention these days, you can really keep someone's attention because I mean, your own attention towards finishing a project. Okay, the value of doing that? The value um, of focus and how it's more difficult these days than it was, say, 10 years ago. Oh, hold on a second. Let me, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, see, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to focus. You know, like we got the what phones, I mean. you got, you, you don't even have like internet stuff anymore. You have like TikTok, which is like the crack cocaine version of the cocaine of the internet, where you just get these like eight second shots of whatever is interesting or stimulating. Uh, it's very difficult to, to stay focused. But I mean, I don't really have too much, I guess. I don't know. I'm as focused as I ever was when it comes to my creative endeavors. I kind of just go into the to the wormhole, I suppose. I, my struggle with the focus is trying to manage the so-called business end of things and, you know, trying to wear all the different hats, um, which is like, even for this, I was like, you know, tweaking around. I want to get the best sound possible. And I'm in trying to bounce from logic to this. And I'm not like, an engineer i don't have an engineer's mind but you know i've kind of been i kind of just keep learning so i can keep doing stuff because i don't have like money on hand to hire an engineer to like help me do this stuff when i need to um so i mean i don't have too much of an issue staying focused i would say but i you know like you're saying with the long drawn out records i've done those you know where it's like pre-production six months recording and it's like i got all this other creative stuff happening in my mind but you're like trying to stay focused on the songs from two years ago that um it's like well where is the what should i do like that's what i struggled with last year with getting this record out was like well i had all these people who bought this other album that i need to like manufacture and ship and all that but i got all these songs happening in the present moment um it's kind of a crapshoot i think you know kind of going inward and deciding what I need to focus on. Um, Cause it's, it can be so distracting. All right. Well, let me take a quick break and let's focus on these words on TNT. TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. 13 Israeli hostages released uh, as part of that ceasefire deal, uh, 49 days after they were taken hostage. 49 days. So that still leaves about 225 to 227 more hostages. Uh, I'm with John Bolton, the former national security advisor to Donald Trump. I'm with Britt Hume of, uh, of Fox News. I'm with a bunch of other people who say this gives Hamas too much time to do whatever they want to do, to do whatever they need to do, to regroup, to rearm, to re-strategize. And as much as you want the hostages back, it can't be at the expense of the other part of the mission, which is to destroy Hamas. So I think it's a mistake. Steve Malzberg on TNT Radio. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Are you sitting comfortably? Oh, yes, yes. And I'll begin. Even when you're just sitting around, we're rocking the talk. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
Welcome back. We're here with Brian McPherson, who's going to play a song live for us. This one is called Died Suddenly. I can't think of what that's about. Brian, can you explain it? <laughs> I'll, I'll explain it in the song. All right. Good. Fair enough. Here we go. Brian McPherson <laughs> and Died Suddenly. Here was the disease transmitted through the screens no one could hear them scream when they died suddenly the drug cartel told his bill the people all went mad. Well, who lived? No one could hear them scream when they died. Suddenly. Hey, Brian. Brian. Yes, sir. I got to interrupt you because your Zoom setting is not set to the musician. Oh, I apologize deeply. Oh, my God. I could tell the I vocal was great, but if you don't <laughs> set it for musician sound on, it obliterates the guitar. It sounded good as an acapella, but we made the Thank executive you. decision to interrupt oh, gotta... and get this, uh, get this with the right setting. So do you have the music setting on now? I did. After about seven or eight rehearsals of this, I managed to forget to turn on the. All right, so you got thing. it back. You got it on now. It's on. It's on. Yeah. All right, let's do it again. Here we go. Died All right, suddenly. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that, everybody. Thank you. 
lose winner take it all from a Walmart shopping mall you gotta shoot it so you can work so you can eat like a bottle of No one could hear them scream When they died suddenly No one can hear them scream When they die suddenly Beautiful song, Brian McPherson and Died Suddenly. Turns out the acoustic guitar is very important in that number, So as is the harmonica. Um, so, Brian. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, I saw recently, um, yeah, this prediction that there's a new virus that's going to happen that uh, is going to cause a lot of heart failure. Uh, of course, those of us who are on this side of the equation roll our eyes and go, obviously, that's going going to be as a result of the so-called vaccine um when you think about things like death and 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 all these sudden deaths of of young people it kind of leaves you uh it's hard to take it in it's just the nature of life too just being as short as it is and 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 where it goes and what really matters you know have you spent a lot of time thinking about the end of your life and and what it all means and the sort of do you have a relationship with god i mean where how do you view your own death that's <laughs> that's a good question um well first i'd like to say like you know i've lost five friends this year um and it's not from heart attacks it was from opioid addiction and uh so i'm i'm used to the pharmaceutical industry, they, I mean, kind of killing people. Um, you can see the opioid epidemic and everyone who's passed away. I myself am a recovered uh, addict. I'm 20 years in recovery. And uh, so it, to see it move over to heart attacks from other injections, uh, I, don't, I don't think they lose a lot of sleep at night over it. Um, so kind of thinking about my own life, um, as someone who's in recovery, like I had been in all kinds of crazy situations and have faced death in a lot of different ways I had knives pulled out in dark alleys and guns pulled out at me and you know used very hard drugs and and just all this madness and i i survived um and i survived because i don't know i hit bottom unlike some people but i did and then that kind of forced you know with recovery you're kind of forced into being an elderly person because even at, when I was 25, I was like looking at, at death in the eye. So it forced me to kind of reach for uh, God and a spiritual path. And uh, that's kind of, you know, working the different programs that are out there and then developing that relationship with a higher power is kind of what saved my life. Uh, and a lot of people don't really do that until 
they're like in their seventies. That's when a lot of people kind of start going to church and stuff like that. Uh, but I was kind of forced into doing that at a much younger age. So, I mean, I think about my own death sometimes and what it comes down to is I don't, you know, it's like, what do I not want to regret? Um, so I just try to do, try, try to live my life, uh, in a way that I won't regret it. Like, you know, I want to make records and travel and do this and that. So I, I do all that stuff. And, you know, I look at like this record that I made as like a time capsule, you know, and it's like, well, all this stuff happened and the powers that be the same people who create all this stuff, they finance the media, they control the narratives. Well, this is going to be my little, this is what happened to me and from my point of view. Um, so I think that's what kind of makes me less susceptible to the brainwashing and propaganda is like, I have like a spiritual path. Like I believe in God. Like I don't believe in other people, you know, like although my God and that creative power of the universe manifests in other human beings, like they are not my gods. My God is not ABC or CNN, you know, but for other people it is like, they're looking for something to tell them what is going on. And for me, like I just kind of filter my life through like a spiritual filter um, and have kind of forced to connect on a, on a level with, uh, with spirituality, even to this day, like I have to do, I wake up and I pray and I meditate and I do all this stuff so I can kind of get on a level where I can deal with people and society and the crazy stuff that goes on out there. Um, and so for that, like the good thing about kind of having these near death experiences early on is, you know, you, I was allowed to like have like a, a less fearful life or I, I know what to kind of do with fear when it comes up um, rather than get sucked in and also coming from like nine 11 and just every, all the lies and manipulations and propagandas I've seen over the years. Um, you know, I don't necessarily trust people as much. So I don't know if that gives you so a weird man, idea. because I feel like I could totally see that you're in recovery and I've been, <laughs> going into 12-step rooms since four days before I turned 21. My first time going in was four days before I was legal, and then I made it two and a half years and then could tile a bathroom with the amount of white chips I got after that. Mm. <laughs> um, been there. So it's been quite a journey of back and forthness for me. I'm thankful to say I'm sober and I, I'm grateful for it, but... You know, when you talk about the fact that you had a connection with God and that's why you weren't as duped or as easily duped because you spend your mornings seeking the Father is the way I heard that. I mean, it's like it's like I look at it like operating systems. We have two primarily. We have present moment awareness, the infinite now, and then we have past and future awareness, which is all thought forms and the illusion, which is most people I think are locked into. It's easy to identify with thoughts and just be on the operating system of your thinking. Mm. Um, but then the presence of the infinite. Now, lately I've been thinking of it as a canvas. My, my real identity is the canvas and everything that happens in life is the painter painting all these different forms on the canvas 
and it's easier at first glance to identify with the paint going on the canvas but what i really am is the field that all these things occur on that is unchanging even though the canvas mm. that analogy doesn't quite work because ultimately what the canvas is doesn't change so maybe the metaphor is better as a screen and a film um but i look at it like i like the idea of a painting and a canvas um you know and i think also the people that didn't fall for it the brainwashing are the ones that had relationships with evil before mm. and so they mm -hmm. knew evil existed and so when evil appeared they could recognize it whereas a lot of people didn't want to believe that evil existed on this level yeah that's what i find so i mean literally a cup there was some documentary i didn't watch it on netflix a couple of years ago where about the oxycontin and what the pharmaceutical industry did and blah 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 and people like oh you gotta watch it blah 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 and i'm like at the same time they're like saying oh look what they did but this new thing that's totally fine <laughs> and you're just like you guys do not seeing like the pattern here like you know it, it's it's profit you know it's not they're not trying to save anybody i mean like they basically hawked heroin to people you know they got entire generations of people just destroyed from uh heroin opiates you know it's like uh so I, how, how do you trust those people you know like i you get i guess you get afraid enough or you're involved in so much you know you're so guilt-ridden or involved in so much vice that you're just like terrified that you just go for it i don't know I just, I don't know, for me, like, I've always, I grew up in Boston in a rough neighborhood where you don't trust anybody. <laughs> so it's like, it's kind of easy for me to, like, be like, what's the angle here? Um, and then I came up of age during 9-11, and, you know, I witnessed just the, the propaganda after that on television every night. Like, oh, Code Yellow, Anthrax here, and, and just all this hysteria. So, I mean, when new things come along... I'm like, okay, that looks fake. Like, what's the angle? You know, like, oh, wow, they have video footage on day one and they know exactly who did it. Okay, and we know exactly who we need to go get. It's not like it wasn't planned in advance to, like, have all this stuff set up. Like, wow, they operate so quick. They know exactly what to do. But I'm kind of like, other people are more reactive, I think. I don't know. I just don't seem to be, I don't really kind of react like it's gospel, you know, when it comes from... Mm -hmm. Um, these companies do you think it's a depopulation event is that how far you think it goes uh with the covid stuff um yeah i honestly i don't know what it is i my basic idea is they made it so they could there could be a massive transference of wealth and they could sell a bunch of vaccines which no one bought were basically given away and then are being paid for with tax dollars so i that's kind of my my lens that I view it as is it's like a big money grab big. It was a big scam to kind of take over. And, and I would say depopulation probably ranks behind that for me. Um, but I wouldn't rule it out. That's for sure. Especially yeah, well, since the same people, yeah, the same people who would go on about, Oh, we need to lower the population by the way, take this shot. You know, like <laughs> it's again, it's like you're crazy. If you do that, you know, it's like, they're telling you <laughs> it's like yeah 
Well, you know, the real concern now I hear a lot of people talking. I was starting to read uh, The Creature from Jekyll Island. I don't don't know if you're familiar with it about the Federal Reserve and how it formed on Jekyll Island with its private bank thing that apes itself as a a government branch. Um, And, you know, now the central bank digital currency that they're going to try to roll out on top of the financial economic collapse. And so you're going to have a bunch of drowning people essentially reaching for a life preserver and agreeing to adopting it, which is going to usher in uh, total digital control. And you got all these people in the truth movement warning that please do not do this. But I think, you know, if people are, are desperate for money and desperate for sustenance, they won't be able to help it. I mean, are you, are you sort of tuned into what's going on with that as well? Yeah, I mean, not super focused on that, but I am, you know, the Federal Reserve isn't federal or reserve. You know, it's just another example of a scam. It's a private bank. Yeah. Uh, we get our money from on loan. So how can you trust them? Um, also, like, uh, yeah, so with the cryptocurrency, I mean, I mean, you have Bitcoin, who was invented by Satoshi Nakamoto, some person nobody even knows who this person is. Um, and they also hold the most amount of Bitcoin that anyone of anybody. So if that person, that mysterious person owns and controls the entire Bitcoin market, which kind of is what everything stems from right now. But I definitely would not. I, I think having a, our currency be uh, controlled digitally is horrible. Like what a terrible idea. They can just turn off your money. So anyone who's at remotely freedom based must be is going to be horrified by such an idea. Um, it's just another way to kind of keep getting your money. You know, you can't have cash because you can hide cash, shuffle it around, buy with cash, sell with cash, but you, you can control everybody when it's a digital currency. It's yeah, like, oh, you don't want people- to take your shot. How how yeah. would you like to just not have electricity? You know, or if you that. if you've already eaten your meat ration, nope, you can't buy meat. You've already had your meat ration. I mean, that's like living in a in a prison system at that point. It's called the blockchain for a reason. Anyway, let me take a quick break. We'll be right back after these words on TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Hello, everyone, and I hope you had a wonderful and Merry Christmas. Hey, did you happen to catch our Vice President Kamala Harris before the holiday speaking on MSNBC about next year's election and what it means? I think all of these issues are important to voters who are going to be going to the polls in November, and, and they will make their decisions, obviously, um, but there are a lot of critical issues at stake. And, you know, every election cycle, we talk about this is the most election of our lifetime. Lawrence, this one is. This one is. What? Did she say this is the most important, the most consequential, the most anything? Nope, she did not. You know, every election cycle, we talk about this is the most election of our lifetime. Lawrence, this one is. This one is. And this is one of the freedoms, she claims, is at stake next November. The freedom to just be. The freedom to just be. So the woman who's a heartbeat away from the presidency says this is the most election ever in our lifetime and gives you some cockamamie freedom. I mean, God help us all. Thanks for giving me a minute. And don't forget to tune into my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here 
on TNT. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out, because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear, because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> do you get it? Yes, good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container, because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. See, Smokey thinks I'm funny. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT, with Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast. And we're back with Brian McPherson, a great, I guess, new singer-songwriter. I don't know how new he is. He's new to me, maybe new to you. Uh, His album, Immigrant in the uh, Season of Death. Is that what it's called? Winter, sorry, Winter of Death. All right. Well, hey, I'm getting better <laughs> and worse. There you go. That's life, isn't it? Anyway, it he's going to do a song for us now called Circle Road. Thank you. Fed the Christians to the lions. Jesus on a cross said no apply to the Irish had a holocaust made people into slaves and yesterday I couldn't go nowhere unless I vaccinate change the meaning of the word to match the lie Nothing really changes over time. It's just people grasping for control, making profit off of souls. The plot they lost it, nowhere to go. You're going nowhere on Circle Road. say words are violence to justify violence and then they use violence to create silence like old Jim Crow or the KKK they didn't go nowhere they just changed shape history repeats Costumes change, time goes on and on, it's all the same. It's just people grasping for control, making profit off of souls. The plot they lost is nowhere to go, we're going nowhere. Circle Road Drones dropping bombs From a socialist state That eats your freedom Off of million dollar plates not the one 
to discriminate on age or gender, sex or race. I don't belong here, I hold no place in your army of hate. You're just people grasping for control. Making profit off of souls The plot they lost it Nowhere to go We're going nowhere on Circle Road We're going nowhere on Circle Road Another beautiful one by Brian McFarland Fearson called Circle Road, all about freedom, all about control. Um, Brian, in your own in your own world, uh, you know, like we're talking a lot about societal control, societal freedom, the things that are happening to take control and the freedom away from people. But also, I know you're in recovery. You're a human being. You're an artist. You must grapple internally, I would imagine, with getting in and out of your own way. Um, maybe I'm projecting, but I'm assuming you, you've had plenty of battles in that realm. So what, how do you do that? I mean, you explained you wake up and you meditate and you pray, but uh, how, how rugged is that fight for you just to get out of your own way and to not self-sabotage? Because, you know, we all know just because you're sober doesn't mean self-sabotage stops. Like in that song you just said, it never went away. The KKK, Jim Crow, it just changed shape. That's the same as with us on a personal level. Maybe we're not yeah. uh, doing all kinds of weird drugs and being overt with our self-destruction and self-sabotage, but it still rears its ugly head. So what are the ways that happens for you and how do you overcome it? I mean, absolutely. Like, I mean, that's kind of falls into being a human being, like the whack-a-mole game where you, you knock one whack-a-mole down and the other one pops up somewhere else. It's like, okay, I put down alcohol and drugs, but now I'm like, you know, want to just go hook up with a bunch of people or use people or spend a lot of money or go into credit card debt. So, I mean, these things kind of pop up or just um, being an, an, a jerk, you know, being mean to people like um, these are like the, the the defects defecting from my character, which is like a good person into like, uh, like selfishness and self-centeredness and this kind of these manifestations are what really turn my life kind of upside down these days. Um, I don't act out on these things very often. Uh, but you know, being a human being, you like you act out and it's kind of but also being sober and and having like a spiritual connection and having other people in my life, it's kind of like getting another set of eyes on my life and my behaviors and kind of keeping an inventory and taking stock of like what I'm doing on the daily to kind of, you know, if I, you know, and it can be something like I'm just an asshole to someone at the coffee shop or whatever, you know, and I, I go home and I'm like, oh, like, why did I do that? You know, like, that's weird. I can't really get away with that stuff as much as I used to. Um, so, I mean, the way that I deal with it is, you know, I acknowledge it and I try to make amends. Like, you know, you kind of have to humble myself and go back to these people and be like, hey, like, I wronged you. Like, what can I do to make it right? You know, and not only for 
just me, but I mean, to, to kind of heal the damage I do just as another human being walking around in the world. Like no one's perfect. You know, we're all walking around here, like winging it, you know, <laughs> one way or another, reacting to other people. And even like when other people like wrong me or whatever, and that's not good, but then my reaction to it is also not good, you know? So I think it's, it's kind of like a, daily maintenance like you know maintaining a house or an apartment like you gotta sweep stuff up uh, no matter what i do like i'm gonna i'm gonna step out of line and uh knowing when that happens and then taking action towards it is the kind of how to deal with it and then you kind of see circular uh patterns right um so being able to recognize, oh, like that's what I did in uh, 2007. Like I'm doing that again. Like, okay, let's take a step back and applying like the same principles that got me free from alcohol and drugs are the same. Turning that over to a higher power is kind of what brings relief. It's like, God, I can't stop doing this. Like I can't, you know, how, how defeated am I in trying to control some of these things that I do to the point where I finally surrender and be like, all right, God, like it's yours. Like, and usually that's when it's like taken away and I'm like, Oh, but I have to like maintain uh, a spiritual maintenance because when I don't, that's when more kind of stuff, the whack-a-moles are popping up. And those are like signposts um, for me where it's like, Oh, I got to dial it in and kind of get off of, trying trying to be like pac-man brian like how can i make brian feel good and okay in the world at the expense of everybody else and uh that's like that self-centeredness that is inevitably kind of the root of like that suffering and the suffering i bring into the world so kind of staying on top of that by having people in my life who are going through like the same stuff who can recognize it and kind of trusting people and uh you know, being just staying on top of it, being mindful of it. So that's kind of how I deal with that stuff. Do you believe in free will? I mean, it's interesting with the addict stuff, like grace, you know, grace, God coming in and helping us to be sober, for instance, versus how much of it is your own volition in your, in your view? Yeah. I mean, I got I mean, God can move a mountain, but bring a shovel. You know, so it's like I'm involved, <laughs> you know, like I get spiritual help, but like I have to like do the footwork. And uh, so, I mean, definitely believe in free will. I, I free will myself into all kinds of problems. Um, it's usually I usually know what the right thing to do is, but I, <laughs> I do the wrong thing anyways. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that power is always there. It's just up to me to kind of reach out for it. And, uh, you know, I have to take action. You say you free will yourself into all sorts of problems, but our battle is with principalities, not with flesh and blood. So those principalities are acting on you as well. I mean, it, it is an interesting question, this argument of free will versus not free will. Because if we yeah. had free will, wouldn't we always just have exactly amazing productive thoughts we would never really struggle with self-esteem we would never do anything to sabotage ourselves it seems to me i mean so on some level yeah we have free will but there are entities acting upon us and it's and it's not one-sided here you know there's not just god giving us grace and us blowing it left and right 
it's right. us being acted upon by principalities as well be it they're working through other people or even just in our own thought forms yeah i mean i mean the the devil and the angel on the shoulder kind of idea i mean but yeah you i don't know man like there's definitely in my reactions to things or how i behave like there's definitely unconscious things but once i become like aware then i know you know like if i'm doing the same thing for the 50th time like i know what is happening but i mean i'm being i have this compulsion to go do it um so i don't know it's it's gray it's a gray area free will or um mm -hmm. or not you know um i definitely think you know like i think it's philosophically it's like 50 50 you know like i got I throw my hat in the ring and then kind of fate comes along and blows it around and, and whether or not like what is acting on the behavior and what is not, I don't know. I just know like when I need to make like a decision, like I'm making the decision. Um, I mean, you can argue and be like, who's making that decision. Uh, but if I am like as spiritually connected and clear as I can be like on that level, um, like, you know, if I'm like, oh, I can choose to like go shoot heroin right now. Like I'm out, I'm definitely exercising my free will not to. Um, but if I had like a major craving all of a sudden to like go do that. And I knew like, oh, I could go to like a 12 step meeting, call a bunch of people, or I can just go do it. Like, yeah, the, the disease is calling the shots, but like what decisions have I made before that comes up that are putting me in the decision where that seems like a good idea. So I think there's like a, a whole street of decisions before a decision comes up. But at the end of the day, like for me, I mean, I'm, I'm making that decision to call someone, you know, the barista an asshole, you know, or to go, I'm like pulling. And I, especially like after I have the awareness, um, if I'm totally unconscious, then that's kind of like, oh, there's an alcoholic drinking themselves to death who has no idea that there's another way of doing it um that person's like just totally powerless over their disease they've never had any sobriety like that's all they know like the fish in the water but once i know then i kind of have way i have a lot more freedom in those decisions or not well one thing i know is you're a jerk to people at coffee shops because you <laughs> man i wouldn't want to be your barista brian you need to be I nicer used to, be. to the guy or the gal <laughs> serving you coffee brian we got to cut this off uh tell me and everyone where we can find you and you know slip in a plug for your new record well i haven't been to meet anyone in a coffee shop in a long time so i just gotta sip on a plug for sure that. you can story. hit me up <laughs> uh brian b-r-y-a-n-m-c-p-h-e-r-s-o-n.com instagram brian mcp all that stuff if you go to my website it'll take you to all those other places Twitter and all that. Brian with the Y. All right, man. And I guess you Thank got you, more songs coming. Keep going, my friend. Uh, Thank you. It's always a pleasure to hear you sing. You're an excellent singer-songwriter. Those songs are deeply impactful. And uh, I, I, for one, really appreciate your work. Thanks Thank for coming on. Thank you very much. On. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome to yeah, be here, man. man. All right, brother. Awesome Take to care. have you. Take it easy, brother. All right, everybody, keep listening. We'll be back with more after these words on TNT.